members of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, family and friends that have gathered here this morning for our memorial service, those that knew and greatly appreciated God's gift of Marge, especially Kathy, Sherry and Brent, Kristen and Donna, grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father through Jesus Christ our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Our text, the epistle reading that we heard just a few moments ago, Romans 8 verses 31 to 39, especially these words, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And these words from the beginning of our text. What then shall we say to these things? Dear friends in Christ, separation. It's a word that all of us have come to know very well. Separation is a way of life, isn't it? It can be as simple as someone that you know and care for, a family member, a childhood friend, moving to a different part of the state or the world. And you are separated, physically separated. Maybe it comes when you graduate. Graduate from grade school or high school or college and the family and friends that you have been close to for so long separate. Maybe, maybe it's a relationship that you have, maybe like a partnership, starts out great, before long goes south, so you agree to disagree, and finally you separate. We know the greatest separation of all, don't we? That separation that we call death. Someone that we know and love, or maybe somebody that we just know a little bit, is no longer with us. And they are physically separated from us. We know about separation very well. We have become hardened to the whole situation of separation. We don't like to be separated. It's not natural and it hurts. Here lately, we've had a new kind of separation. Pandemic. We don't know exactly what to do. So we socially distance from one another. You know, it's an oxymoron to socially distance. Think about individual togetherness. It just doesn't make sense. We are social people. 
We don't like this idea of separation. Separation is contrary to the way God made us. And certainly we need to do extraordinary things during extraordinary times. But we dare not let these things become a new normal. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are united as one in Jesus Christ. When anything, anything separates, it hurts. What then shall we say to these things? Separation is real. We know it today. We come here into God's house. Our mom, our sister, our grandma, our friend is no longer with us. We are separated. What shall we say to these things? God's word, Romans 8, teaches us. Teaches us very well. What not only we should say to these things, but what we can believe and trust and cling to even in the midst of separation. Separation called death. The Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, asks a rhetorical question. If God is for us, who can be against us? That's really the question for today, isn't it? If God is for us, who can be against us? But this begs another question. Is God really for us? Or is he against us? My friends, how you answer that question really determines what you deal with the reality of separation in our world. God is for you, not against you. God is for you. He's on your side. He is with you. This is the message in total of God's word. When Adam and Eve sinned and brought sin into the world, God did not wipe them out and start over. He gave them a promise, a promise of a savior, a promise of everlasting life, a promise of forgiveness, life, and salvation. Throughout the pages of Holy Scripture, when Sinful people do what sinful people do, sin and rebel and separate. What does God do? He keeps his word. He keeps his promises. He sends his son. God for you. God for you in Jesus Christ. Paul goes on. He proves his point. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God has proven his great love for the world in the gift of Jesus. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the eternal word, the eternal logos. God takes on flesh and blood and makes his dwelling among us. He could have left us separate and cut apart from him forever. But God's love was so great that he sent Jesus into this world for us and for our salvation. God teaches us that if his love is so great, 
that he would give his own son. How can he not give us everything that we need to support this body and life? My friends, God is for us. He's not against us. The reality of separation is here because of sin. But God has taken care of our greatest enemy. He has defeated sin and along with it, death and the devil in the person and work of Jesus. God is not holding out on you. He's not trying to bribe you. If, if you behave or follow a set of rules, then I'll dangle some things in front of you. No, God is a gift-giving God. He gives and He gives and He gives. It's His nature. And the greatest gift of all is Jesus. But what do we do about this, this separation? It's very real. It hurts. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is God's love in Jesus just like everything else that we have come to know in this world? Does there come a point in time where something or someone separates us from God's love? We need to know. We need to be sure. Who shall separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ? Think about the things that are separating people for all time and including right now. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword and I'll throw in or pandemic or anything else, cancer, heart disease, it doesn't matter. These things are here because of sin. And they teach us separation is real. Are we to think that somehow these things separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Look around as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Is this all that God has for us? No. No. In all these things, Romans 8.37, in all these things, even in the midst of our trial, tribulation, and separation, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, Jesus Christ. More than conquerors. What an amazing picture God gives us. Rather than separation, he gives us victory. Victory over sin, death, and the grave. Jesus, who has overcome all for us, has promised that where he goes, his brothers and sisters follow. My friends, today we can rejoice because the victory that God has given us in and through his son, Jesus Christ, he gives to us. Christ's victory is your victory. Christ's conquering is your 
conquering. And now, by grace, through faith, we can boldly with confidence say, along with Paul, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, there is no more beautiful gospel, no more beautiful good news in all of Scripture. More than conquerors. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, today that's the victory that we celebrate. This is the victory that Marge clung to. This is the victory that Marge was baptized into. That's right, that's what happens when we're baptized. As we said in the earlier part of our service, we are baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's what God does. He delivers the deliverance. He delivers Good Friday and Easter at the baptismal font. Pure gift. Pure gift. Marge clung to that good news throughout her life, through the ups and downs, through the joys and sorrows, through the real life separations that, that happened to all of us. And that certainly happened to her. She fought to be in God's house, to hear God's word, to sing praises to her God. It always gave her special, not sinful pride, but special joy to hear Kristen sing in church. That smile, that smile that was radiant and contagious. That joy, that joy that was born of faith. Convinced that nothing could separate her from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. It was always a joy to go visit Marge. It was mostly a joy because you could never get out of there without having something to eat. Pastor Murundi sent me a note yesterday and he said, every time I think of Marge, I smell something baking. Open up the door and it would just hit you. But it was more than the food. Marge and I always had a lot to visit about. Um, West Point connections, all those stories that, that I could share with her <clears throat> about her family that I really couldn't talk about with anybody else. You know, went to grade school with Joel and Jill Telly. When I was a lay minister at St. Paul in West Point, ministered to the whole family, especially Dwayne. Had many, many 
hours of enjoyment with Frankie. Frankie bought me my first alcoholic beverage at a public establishment in West Point. You can imagine the look on Marge's face when I told her this story. All the boys from Evil Transfer had gathered around the table at the hotel lounge bar. I was helping unload trucks that Saturday afternoon and I got to tag along. Frankie ordered me a beer. Shh, don't tell anybody. I was 15. <laughs> My oldest brother drove truck for Ebel along with Frankie and my brother was always hesitant about letting his little brother get behind the wheel of the big rig. Frankie wasn't. Come on. Just don't tell anybody. And we would drive around the lot until I had enough courage and then drive around the back streets of West Point. Great memories. Can't help but think Marge's sister, Sally, who bent over backwards to take care of my mother. My mom, who never drove, passed away about a year and a half ago at the tender young age of 97. Sally made sure she always had a ride. Ride to the grocery store, ride to the senior center, ride to the ball game. <clears throat> or ride to the casino or to the buffet at the casino or the casino next to the casino. So many great days, so many great memories. These were the stories that I could share with Marge. And now with you today, that would bring an already big smile even bigger and more glowing. Only once or twice did she say, now don't tell that to anybody else. But our visits were not about hometown reminiscing, not primarily. Our visits were not there just to overcome loneliness, although those things are important too. Our visits had a far greater meaning and a far greater purpose. She knew that I was there to bring her, not my words, but Christ's words, the word of life, the word of everlasting life. She knew that I was there not to eat some delicious sweet treat that she had made, but I was there to bring her the medicine of immortality, Christ's body and blood in and under bread and wine. That was the true fellowship that we shared. And even in death, continue to share. That's how great the love of Jesus Christ is for Marge, for you, and for the life of the world. My friends, today we come into God's house 
And we say goodbye. But it is not goodbye forever. Our God is not a God of separation. Oh, yes, there was one time when God used separation on our behalf. As Jesus hung and bled and was dying on Calvary's cross, he screamed out in pain, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Son of God forsaken literally by his Father as he hung on the cross. Jesus was separated from his Father. Jesus was forsaken by his Father so that you will never be separated. You will never be abandoned. You will never be forsaken. This is how great God's love for you is in Jesus Christ. My friends, because of God's love, because of Jesus' victory over sin, death, and the grave, these words that Marge clung to, these words are yours. What shall separate us? Who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, Marge was more than a conqueror. In all these things, you are more than a conqueror. Not by your reason or strength, but by the grace and love of our gift-giving God. Separation is real. What then shall we say to all these things? There's only one thing to say. Jesus lives. The victory's won. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our worries, our fears, and yes, even our separation in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.